Hello and welcome to episode number three of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. In this episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about the first half of the Buffalo Sabres season. So if you're ready, let's go. Before we get into this episode, I want to remind everybody that they can go ahead and follow me on Twitter, Sports Talk Buffalo 716. If you like us, give us a rating. Also, if you like us, go ahead, tell a friend, send them a link. You can find us on all the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. So if you're ready, let's get into the episode. So we're going to jump right in to talking about the first half of the Buffalo Sabres season, their first 48 games. And in their first 48 games, the Buffalo Sabres were 24-18-6, leaving them with 54 points going into the All-Star break and just a couple of points out of that final wild card spot. Now, obviously this is far better than most people had anticipated the Sabres would be coming off of one of the worst seasons in franchise history. Last season, the Buffalo Sabres were 25, 45, and 12. They were 11, 25, and 5 at home, and 14, 20, and 7 on the road. Obviously, the Sabres, part of the big Sabres turnaround, is their home record. Now, the Buffalo Sabres' home record this year so far is 14, 6, and 3. And obviously, to be a good team, to go ahead and make uh, make it into the playoffs for the first time in seven years, that had to change. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres made some really big moves um, in the offseason, acquiring Connor Sherry, and probably the biggest move uh, was acquiring Jeff Skinner. Now, the Buffalo Sabres, believe it or not, after last season, came into this season determined to, to have a fast start, and they were able to get off to a very fast start. That includes a 10-game win streak, uh, at, at which point this, that vaulted the Sabres up the standings into first place overall in the NHL. There were tons of talk about the Buffalo Sabres. Are they a legitimate team? Are they not a legitimate team? And could they keep this going? Um, They had won a ton of really close one-goal games, a lot of overtime games, excuse me, um, and a lot of timely goals. Now, in that 10-game win streak, having seen pretty much all of those games, I can tell you the Buffalo Sabres got a lot of bounces. A lot of things went their way. They scored timely goals. And you know what? They found ways to win, and that is normally a mark of a very, very good team. On the flip side, since November 29th, the team has gone 8-13-4. Now, that is awful. That's awful. And that is why the Sabres went from first place to being out of the playoffs altogether, um, and that is a that is that is a big deal. Okay, the Sabers have not made the playoffs in seven years, 
since the 2011 season, I do believe. We're going to go ahead and we're going to start and we're going to talk about the first line for the Buffalo Sabres. This is the line that essentially helped carry the Buffalo Sabres to that 10-game win streak. We're going to start off by talking about Sam Reinhardt quietly having the best year he's had in his career and a very solid year overall. Reinhardt signed in the offseason what you would call a a prove-it deal, a two-year deal worth a total of $7.3 million or $3.65 million a year annually. In his first 48 games, Sam Reinhardt has 11 goals, 33 assists for 44 points. Now, again, last year was a very up-and-down year for Sam Reinhardt. Sam Reinhardt had a very difficult first half of the season, but he did average almost a point per game, I do believe, in the second half of last season. So that's kind of why he signed a a prove-it deal for the Buffalo Sabres this year because management didn't really know which Sam Reinhardt they were going to get. But if he keeps playing like this, you're going to have to pay the man or... If you, if you can't pay him, you're going to have to trade him and try to get something uh, good in return for him. In my opinion, you go ahead and you sign Sam Reinhardt. Uh, he is a very good young player, talented, can score goals, has vision, um, and he, he works well with Jack Eichel and has since Eichel came into the league. Uh, we're going to go ahead and now we're going to talk about Jeff Skinner. If you're a Sabres fan, this was an unbelievable trade. It was talked about all offseason. Could the Sabres acquire a scoring winger for Jack Eichel? And we thought that when they had went out and acquired Connor Sherry, that that might be uh, the piece that the Sabres were going to try to put with Jack Eichel to to be his scoring winger, to be his speed, to be his shooter. But uh, Jason Botterill was not done yet. He went out and he made an unbelievable trade, in my opinion. Uh, The Sabres win this trade. Now, maybe Carolina wins this trade in the future. Obviously, we never know. Obviously, the Sabres get Jeff Skinner. The Sabres send to Carolina a prospect in Cliff Poo. I believe he was a second-round pick uh, of the Buffalo Sabres. They They also send... their 2019 second round pick and their 2020 third and sixth round picks to Carolina. That's three picks and a prospect for one of the better goal scorers, more consistent, pure goal scorers in the NHL. In the NHL, pardon. Uh, he only had this year left on his contract. Obviously, Jason Botterill is going to want to get him signed because at this point, uh, through because at this point uh, in the beginning of the season or through 48 games uh, before the All Star break, Jeff Skinner was second in the NHL in goals. Through 48 games, he had 30 goals, 14 assists for 44 points, and he only had 49 points 
in all of the 17-18 season, but that also did include 24 goals. Now, Jeff Skinner seems to just fit on that line with Jack Eichel and with Sam Reinhart. They are one of they had been one of the more dynamic lines in the NHL uh through the entire first half of the season. <clears throat> now we're going to talk about the big gun of the Buffalo Sabres, Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel missed a couple games with an injury. <clears throat> so in 45 games before the All-Star break, Jack Eichel had 16 goals and 36 assists for 52 points. Jack Eichel already has 52 points going going into the All-Star break. That is tremendous and far better than I thought Jack Eichel would be. Um, in his previous two seasons, last year he had uh, 64 points in 67 games. And the year before that, <clears throat> he had 57 points in 61 games. Just watching Jack Eichel play his first couple of years in the NHL, I figured he would be a number one center. Sure, somebody you can build around, absolutely. But his play style and things like that, I figured he would probably be in the neighborhood of a 75 to 85 uh, point per season player. Um, I had stressed that. Obviously, that is something that you can build around. You need a little bit more secondary scoring. But Jack Eichel, uh, I never took into account the fact that Jack Eichel was playing hurt pretty much the last two seasons with uh, ankle injuries. And his speed and skating is one of his uh, strong points and, and is a big part of his game. Jack Eichel looks to be the player that... I don't know if that generational player, but that franchise guy that we all <clears throat> believed that he could be when he got drafted number two overall, just behind Connor McDavid, who is obviously lights out uh, and they are just wasting his talent away <clears throat> in Edmonton. So Jack Eichel is on pace for... 90 plus points this year, 90 plus points. And he is looking like he could potentially be a 90 to 100 point player. Um, there's a lot of talk about Eichel this year. Uh, you know, he was kind of the, the forgotten superstar, you know, you got Toronto. So you got Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and those guys up there. You got the Connor McDavid thing. Um, so, so Jack Eichel, you know, he, he was, he's kind of left out as far as some of the young guns go, you know, he doesn't get as much respect as I believe he does deserve. He's, you know, he's probably not in Connor McDavid's league realistically, but I don't think at this point in McDavid's career, anybody really is in his league. Uh, he's certainly in the league of an Austin Matthews and a Mitch Marner, um, and you're seeing this year Jack Eichel uh, really leading the team. He's wearing that C, and I think that he's doing a very good job. So uh, another player that, that the Sabres acquired in the offseason, <clears throat> Carter Hutton. Uh, they let go Robin Leonard and Chad Johnson. Um, they called up Linus Allmark 
from the Miners, who has had a, a very good first half of the season. And Carter Hutton started off absolutely on fire. <clears throat> but now Carter Hutton has kind of fallen off a little bit. His record going into the All-Star break, 14 wins, 14 losses, and three overtime losses. A goals against average of 2.79 and a save percentage of 0.911. Now, again, since November 29th, Carter Hutton, his game has also fallen off. He has got three wins, eight losses, two overtime losses, and his save percentage is just a .884. Obviously, that is not going to be good enough if the Sabres want to try to make a run into the playoffs. Stick around. The next segment, we'll talk about what happened to the Buffalo Sabres and and figure out if I believe the Sabres can make a run and get back into the playoff picture. All right, welcome back. We're going to go ahead. We're going to keep talking about the Buffalo Sabres. And a big question is, did the win streak alter the expectations you had for the Buffalo Sabres this season. Again, after their 10-game win streak, where they could, they seemingly always came up with uh, the goal at the right time, uh, they strung together a bunch of wins, and they were first in the NHL. Did that change your perspective on how you think the season should go? That is a question that I heard uh, on some of the sports talk radio shows that I listen to. And for me, it did change my expectations Uh, after that 10-game win streak. I thought to myself, yes, the Buffalo Sabres are going to the playoffs this year. Yes, if they don't make the playoffs, uh, it is a failed season this year. They have the talent on this team. Um, I have kind of pulled back the reins on that assumption a little bit simply because I'm looking at the division that that they are in. It is a stacked division. They have one of the best teams in the NHL, if not the best team in the NHL, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're just unreal. Um, And a couple of other really good teams. Boston's good. Montreal surprising a lot of people this year. The East is also a very uh, tough conference to be in right now. As it sits three games after the All-Star break, the Buffalo Sabres are three points behind the Columbus Blue Jackets for the last wild card spot. Um, so, my question is, why couldn't the Sabers maintain their winning ways? I said it in the first segment. I watched a lot of those, uh, a lot of the ten games in that win streak. The Buffalo Sabers they got a lot of bounces. A lot of things bounced their way. They scored timely goals, uh, whether it be from the defense. Uh, if the first line didn't score, the second line, second and third lines were scoring, um, and they just they they found ways to win, which is what good teams do. Now, obviously, they had fallen off. I mentioned what their record was uh, since November 29th at eight thirteen and four. Um, so what happened? What happened to the Buffalo Sabres that they have basically just fallen off a cliff going from first overall in the NHL to now looking up and trying to catch the Columbus Blue Jackets for that last wildcard spot? 
The first thing, obviously, is goaltending. The goaltending has not been nearly good enough to be a, a contending team or a team that can get into the playoffs. Carter Hutton has struggled mightily. Obviously, it's not all on him, but I've seen a lot of very weak goals uh, on Carter Hutton, ones that during the first half of the season that he was, you know, he was making those saves. Second half of the season, he's not making those saves. So obviously that is a, a big deal for the Buffalo Sabres. Also, Linus Olmark started out very, very well on fire. His play has kind of dropped off a little bit also uh, in his, in before since November 29th, I believe. Uh, his save percentage is somewhere around uh, .907 or, or something like that. The, the, you know, he has also struggled. Um, so goaltending is a big issue. It was a big issue last year, and it, it is coming back again to haunt the Sabres this year. It is uh, an issue that may need to be addressed still. The defense. Watching the Sabres games, there's just way too many defensive breakdowns. Sometimes instead of making, uh, you know, the the right play or you know, just chipping it out. They try to make that, that pretty play, that pretty pass. And they were getting away with it a lot in the first half of this, you know, in the first part of the season there. Teams kind of clamped down on that. And now there's a lot more giveaways. There's a lot more uh, defensive breakdowns, which is leaving Carter Hutton and Linus Allmark out to dry a little bit more, forcing them into try to making those very, very big, saves uh, and they have not been able so far to come up with those saves another glaring and I mean glaring problem for the Buffalo Sabres is their secondary scoring their secondary scoring has been absolutely non-existent um, after that after that 10 game win streak it has been just nothing's there um, Casey Middlestat, you know, he's supposed to be your second line center. I didn't think he was ready for the role that they were going to thrust him into, uh, this season. And it, it's showing right now that I was right. Uh, Middlestat, not even a, a point per game player in college. And they, they thrust him into trying to be a number two center in the NHL. That is a very tall feat for a young man to come in and, and, and try to do. Now, obviously, again, it's not just him. Uh, his line mates have struggled mightily, too. Connor Sherry hadn't been able to score. Um, they've tried Tage Thompson on the wing. They've tried Kyle uh, Ocposo on the wing. He's getting paid $6 million a year to do absolutely nothing. Thanks, Tim Murray, for that. Um but in the last few games, they've put uh, Evan Rodriguez on that line, and that line has looked uh, leaps and bounds better. Uh, they're getting a lot more scoring chances, so maybe a good sign um, for the Buffalo Sabres. And again, I, you know, on defense, why aren't, you know, the, the I don't want to say the best guy, but the best guy is playing, okay? Why do we continually roll out? Marco Scandella, when you have a guy who is, is he not as big 
Of course not. Can he skate better? Yes. Is he better with the puck? Yes. Has he got more offensive upside than Marco Scandella? Yes. Um, you know, I've watched Scandella this season. He has looked lost. He looks slow. He's not giving you much offense. Um, so I, I would be a fan of the Buffalo Sabres sitting Marco Scandella and playing Lawrence Pilot. Now, again, we are just three points behind a playoff, uh, being in a playoff spot. Do you think the Buffalo Sabres need to go out and do something, acquire another scoring forward to kind of help that first line out uh, and, and try to propel them into the playoffs? Or do you try to just see where what this team can do uh, together, see if maybe they can rally together and, and sneak into the playoffs? Uh, I'm not sure that they can do it without a, a monumental effort from a Jack Eichel, uh, from a Jeff Skinner, and from uh, their goaltending. Um, Rasmus Dahlin, he has looked very good at times, and he's looked like a rookie at times. Obviously, one of the more difficult positions to come into the NHL is defense. Um, you know, but I thought, I think overall, <clears throat> I would much rather have Deline out there playing and learning, and he just starting to look so much more comfortable. He's so fluid out there. Uh, he he is the reason why you know the Sabers are able to attack on the rush. You know, he's. Part of the reason why the Sabres are to attack on the rush a little bit more uh, this season than they were last season. Uh, Zach Bogosian, a pleasant surprise. He, so far, knock on wood, has been able to stay relatively healthy for the Buffalo Sabres. That's uh, been a big deal. Uh, Rasmus Sustelainen, not playing as many minutes, which is a good thing. Uh, he can be a little bit more fresh when he goes out there and battle against some of the bigger lines. Um, so far in the three games after the all-star break, the Sabres have one win and two losses and have eight goals for and 12 goals against that includes a seven to three loss against the Chicago Blackhawks that happened, uh, this evening, uh, as I record this, um, Sabres won a five, four game, almost let that one slip away. They lose a one nothing game to Dallas. They just, uh, you know, Linus Olmark in that game played a great game. The Sabres just could not find any offense in that game. And then in this game, uh, you know, they left Carter Hutton out to dry a couple times. Um, uh, in the game against Chicago, you know, they, they did a great job battling back. But, you know, the goalies couldn't come up with timely saves to keep the momentum going. And the Sabres, of course fall seven to three. Um, I hope that they can turn it around. You know, I, I, I love playoff hockey. It's one of my, my favorite things, uh, about sports. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see what this, what the season, how the rest of the season is going to go. You're going to get more updates, obviously on this podcast about that. Again, if you like this, go ahead, leave us a nice rating on whichever, uh, platform that you are listening on and tell a friend get this podcast out there and uh, you know maybe we'll try to get some guests on here and and maybe some more interviews and things of that nature uh, the bigger this gets the better it gets so again tell a friend and uh, that's going to go ahead and conclude the end of this podcast so until next time have a good one